Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, folks, I always tell you to remember the names in all these scandals because they're constantly going to creep up again because everybody knows each other in these anti-Trump hoaxes and these Obama-era scandals. Everybody's covering up for everybody. And unbelievably, the Obama fixer the fixer is back. No. She's back again. Yes, yes. <laughs> she's back. I got that. I got more on Bernie. I've got a very suspicious death in California. I didn't bring oh. it up yesterday because I was waiting for the facts to come out. Today's going to be a loaded show. We're sponsored by ExpressVPN. Secure your internet privacy today with ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Remember the names. The Remember the names. Commanded. It has been yeah. our motto from the start, <laughs> and the fixer is back. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be at CPAC uh, tomorrow yeah. night. We regular show tomorrow from here. We'll be broadcasting from CPAC on Radio Row on Thursday and Friday. Producer Joe will be there. Paul will be there. Please stop yeah, by and say hello. Get your tickets. Uh, go to CPAC's website. Check that out today. You got? We have some T-shirts. Yeah. Yes, as Miss Paula reminded me, we have some Sign books to give away. Stop by and say hello. We love our audience. We want to express our, uh, our we're giving them away. No, no cost to you. We paid for them because we love you all. And we'd like to say hello to you. So we got that. Yeah. Um, folks, today's going to be a loaded show. Don't go anywhere. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at mm-hmm. Tacovas, Ladies and gentlemen, Tacovas cowboy boots are handmade with high quality full grain leathers by world-class boot makers. They're built to be comfortable right out of the box and for every occasion. At home, in the office, and out of town. Hold on, look at these babies. You want to check them out? Go to my YouTube channel. Look at, look at these babies. Look at these Tacovas, right? Oh, this is mine, right? Here. Look at that. Like mm. butter. Look at that. Look at that leather. Like butter. Look at that like butter. Look at, look at, look at these beauties right there. Check those out. I Just like got them. Yeah. Cannot wait to break these bad boys in. Beautiful, right here. With tons of timeless styles, Tacovas are designed to be as fashionable 50 years from now as they are today. Last forever. And Tacovas cuts out the middleman, sells directly to you at an honest price that is truly amazing for this level of quality. These are handmade, beautiful looking boots. Shipping returns and exchanges are free and easy. In addition to cowboy boots, Tacovas makes leather duffels, men's jeans, belts, billfolds, card cases, and more. Everything you get from Tacovas comes with the same calculated approach and high quality standards that hold true to everything they do. These are beautiful. I love these. Do what I did. Get yourself a pair of Tacovas cowboy boots today at tacovas.com slash Bongino. That's T E C O V A S dot com slash Bongino. Tacovas.com slash Bongino. Go today. You won't regret it. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, then. All right, before we get to the fixer being back, I love saying that, the fixer's back. (laughs) (laughs) Always back. Bernie Sanders doubling down on stupid. It's as if Bernie Sanders is intentionally trying to blow the presidential election and flush the state of Florida down the toilet bowl because he doesn't seem to care at all what people think about his support of police state murderers, tyrants, communists, and socialists. Uh, Bernie continues to double down on providing air cover for socialist regimes instead of just calling out their universal evil. I'm going to get to this. I'm not going to take too long on this because I covered it yesterday, but this is really important. I want to explain to you what's going on here. And I want to do it as objectively as possible. I know that's hard. All right. But this is going to matter. So if you watched yesterday's show, we covered Bernie Sanders, who when asked about why he's constantly defending socialist murderous regimes on 60 Minutes by Anderson Cooper in a shocking moment of journalism, he says, well, they're not all bad. 
You know, they have literacy rate. They teach people to read. Well, before they murder them, maybe they can read. I'm not sure how that's a good thing and why you can't call that out. But Bernie Sanders has been getting destroyed on both sides of the aisle. I have a story in the show notes today by John Solomon's new website and some other ones about how bipartisan criticism has come from everywhere, including where I live in South Florida, to Bernie Sanders. Cuban exiles whose parents, whose, whose relatives and friends have been murdered and their property has been stolen who are here in the United States do not want to hear lectures from a millionaire pompous loser like Bernie Sanders about the wonders of Cuba. They don't want to hear it, ladies and gentlemen. I live here, okay? I'm sorry, I live here. I hear it every day. A good friend of mine, my barber is a good friend of mine, I've been with him forever, is a Cuban exile. Uh, trust me, he does not want to hear about the beauties of Cuba from mm, Bernie Sanders, you fill in the blank. Instead of now retracting his ridiculous defense, but they teach him how to read. This is him on CNN with Chris, Chris Cuomo doubling down. Say, truth is truth. Listen to this moron. Check this out. To the Democrats who say... You don't say good things about Fidel Castro. He uh, destroyed freedoms in that country. He played picks winners and losers and killed them and put them in prison forever. You don't give him a pat on the back for anything. You don't give it's not a quite truth is truth. All right. Now, if you want to disagree with me, if somebody wants to say that and by the way, all of those Congress people that you mentioned just so happen to be supporting other candidates, just accidentally, no doubt. Coincidentally. But, you know, the truth is the truth. And that's what happened in the first years of the Castro regime. Folks, truth is truth. And you know what the ultimate truth is? Death. Because when you're dead, that is in fact true. You're buried, there's no life function, you are dead. Those coffins, those dead bodies, those shallow graves will never go away. That's, in fact, true. Bernie Sanders' absolute refusal to call out murderous socialist regimes and to constantly provide air cover and try to put lipstick on the biggest pig of all time, socialism, a body count of hundreds of millions, is an absolute disgrace to humankind and to civilized people all over the world. Now, I have not heard a better retort yet than Matt Schlapp, conveniently uh, runs uh, CPAC and ACU. Matt Schlapp was on Fox yesterday with Jason mm -hmm. Nichols, a liberal defending, bizarrely, again, Bernie Sanders. I don't get this guy at all. You will not hear a finer indictment of what Bernie Sanders is doing than Matt, who, by the way, is his wife, Mercedes, served in the Trump administration, is Cuban, and whose father had their property stolen in the tyrannical, murderous Cuban regime. Listen to Matt Schlapp and listen to how he wraps this up at the end. You will not hear a finer, finer call out on the disastrous, murderous socialist regime than this. Check this out. Bernie Sanders also traveled to the Soviet Union. He's had wonderful things to say about the youth program in the Soviet Union uh, and other and, and you know their public uh, libraries and such. It's all balderdash. Let's face it. This issue of Castro is near and dear to my heart. Fidel Castro put my father-in-law in prison, to, stole a decade of his life. Let me tell you what the literacy program is under Castro's Cuba. 
It is learning how to say, don't shoot me, because that's what they did to thousands and thousands of people. That's what they continue to do. They stole every one of the pieces of property that my father-in-law owned. This is what socialism leads to. It leads to undermining the individual human rights, which we cherish in America. And we should never take even just one half step towards these disgusting regimes. I have nothing to add. That rarely happens. Now, I just want to show you some headlines. You can see how this is playing in South Florida, which is densely populated with Cuban exiles and exiles from Venezuela and other socialist regime that stole people's lives and fortunes away. Here's the Miami Herald. Again, is Bernie Sanders trying to lose the state of Florida in a landslide? <laughs> Miami Herald. One of our biggest newspapers in South Florida. On 60 Minutes, Bernie says it's unfair to say everything bad about Cuban revolution. <laughs> Folks, you know things are bad when the Miami Herald, a left-leaning newspaper, is putting this in their newspaper while Democrat lawmakers are criticizing Bernie in South Florida, too. This guy is a loser at life. He is a loser in his ideology. He is a disgrace to politics. He is not authentic. He is a fraud of the highest order. He is a stain on this country. He is a stain on the memories of everyone buried in a shallow grave in Cuba fighting for their liberty and freedom. This guy is a disgusting piece of human filth who is a hair on your head away from being nominated for the presidency in the Democrat Party. Now, you say the literacy rates. Well, Bernie Sanders keeps saying how the literacy rates, people learn how to read in Cuba before they kill them. That's great. Jeez. Wall Street Journal today is an interesting little tidbit. And not as if we need to even defend this ridiculous absurdity of a talking point, but because liberals are largely boneheads and will continue to go back to the same thing, literacy rate, not mentioning the murders, the shallow graves, the torture and the political prisons, they'll constantly go back to a talking point because they're morons, a lot of them. And I know that bothers a lot of you. I'm sorry, the show's not for you then. This is a show that takes the gloves off. There are other shows that play nice with liberals. That's not this show. I'm very sorry. Wall Street Journal today. Bernie's, Bernie's Cuba illiteracy. The Vermont senator finds a silver lining to the Castro revolution. Well, let's get into the literacy rate. It's an interesting little point about that. Hmm. The literacy rate. Quote, that's nice to know, but Mr. Sanders still flunks Cuban literacy 101. Before the 1959 revolution, some 80% of Cubans could read. That put the island's education level far ahead of most of its Latin American neighbors. But in the ensuing six decades, many countries in the region have moved to near universal literacy. So let's get this straight, Joe. Bernie's talking point is that the murderous Cuban regime under Castro mm -hmm. that tortured, killed, and politically imprisoned large swaths of the population while confiscating all of their, everything they've earned and worked for their entire lives mm -hmm. was a good thing because people learned to read. Well, yeah. now we find out that the facts, which never agree with liberal talking points, liberals who've turned to pure lunacy now, defending murderers, mm -hmm. right? They're defending oh, yeah. murderers now. Defend a murderer. Castro is a murderer. He's nothing more than a murderer, a two-bit murderer. Now we find out that the literacy rate before the revolution was actually higher than their Latin American neighbors. Oh, wait, I thought the Cuban revolution did that. And then we find out that other countries in the region that did not have a murderous regime in charge also moved to near universal literacy too without having to kill people to do it. 
Let's see, Joe. I'm mm. just going to throw this out there, right, okay, bro. Joe? If you had two options to teach people to read, okay? Mm -hmm. Option one, let's stick to kind of freedom and liberty, education, and let's not kill people. Or mm -hmm. option two, let's teach people to read, and if they don't, we'll murder them and steal their property. I'm just throwing this out there, Joe. Oh. Which option do you prefer? That's an easy that, That's an easy one. Option number one, Dan. Yeah, that's it. Yep. You would say the non-murdering? Oh, thank would, you. That's I, what I, I, I just have to check to make sure I'm take. not the crazy yeah. one. Oh, thank you, Joe. Yeah. We always need audience, Joe to put his audience referee hat on. Thank you. Just goodness. checking, folks. Yeah. Just checking. But again, arguing with today's liberals. You want a nicey nice show? I'm sorry, I'm not your guy. I'm sick of these people. They are police state spying, infanticide supporting, open borders, supporters of socialist murderers now. That's what these people who support this guy are. If that truth makes you a truth is truth. If that makes you uncomfortable, I am very sorry. And I know that's not the overwhelming majority of my audience because I read your emails who demand this guy be called out, Sanders. You know, folks, I get it. Some of you may say, some of the liberals in the audience, well, everything in life is viewed on the margin. Most of it is. You're right. When we view the accomplishments of George Washington and our founding fathers, we acknowledge some of them made major mistakes, major catastrophic moral errors. George Washington, some of his earlier losses, well, uh, while functioning as a military officer, were devastating. Or he wanted to be an officer at the time. There were allegations he tried to cover some of them up. There's the catastrophic moral stain on our country of many of them owning slaves. Right. A grave sin. Grave sin. So you may say, well, if we view the founding fathers for some of their net goods, why don't we view, why isn't it fair to then give Bernie a pass on this? Because ladies and gentlemen, as a civilized society, there are events in our history viewed as universal evils, regardless of what happened under those universal evils. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody talks about the Holocaust in these terms. No one. I don't care about anything, anything you have to say to try to, it was a universal horror to only be spoken about in the annals of history as a horror to never, ever be repeated. This is widely understood. We don't gloss over the bad stuff and go, well, this happened there. We don't talk about slavery in those terms either. It is a universal evil understood by all civilized beings to never be glossed over or to never try to put lipstick on it ever among sane, civilized people. Sane, civilized people understand socialism and the destruction of liberty and freedom and the torture and political imprisonment to come with it to be in that same group. Notice, I said sane, civilized people, which does not include Bernie Sanders. We don't include these things and we don't discuss them as if they had some positive component to them. Really, this is just disgusting. I can't believe we're having this conversation. I have been warning you as audience archivist Judy, Judy told me, I have to make a correction on the show. I haven't been warning you about Bernie for two years. I've been warning you about Bernie for five years now. She pointed out older mm -hmm. episodes where I've been telling you about the dangers of this guy. Big trouble ahead. All right, let me just get this because this is going to be important, folks. This next segment is going to be devastating.
the same people keep appearing in all of these scandals over and over, and one of them is back. Today's show also brought to you by friends at Lending Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Lending Club is the place to go. LendingClub.com slash Dan. Check your rates in just minutes. LendingClub.com slash Dan. If you're carrying revolving debt, that means you're not paying off your credit every month. You could be paying thousands in interest every year that you don't have to pay. With Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed rate personal loans. No trips to a bank here. There's no high interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com, tell them about yourself and how much you want to borrow. Pick the terms right for you. And if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited into your bank account in as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. Go to LendingClub.com slash Dan. Go today. Check your rate in just minutes. Borrow up to $40,000. Stop dealing with those high-interest loans out there. That's LendingClub.com slash Dan. LendingClub.com slash Dan. All loans made by WebBank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. All right. Let's get right to it. So the fixer is back. Who is the fixer? Do you all remember... Catherine Rumler. Oh, yeah. I did a yeah. show that went, I know you do, sure. that went bat guano crazy Huge. a long time yeah. ago about how it was awfully weird that Obama's White House lawyer, as we can see from this screen cap here, a woman by the name of Catherine Rumler, keeps appearing as an advisor, a legal advisor, a source on an email in just about every Obama-era scandal. Catherine Rumler, Obama's former White House counsel. There you go. There's her name right there. Just put that up there in case, you know, because we do facts on the show. Now, that may not surprise you that Obama's lawyer, uh, White House lawyer, would be involved in Obama-era scandals. But I just want to set the groundwork here because she's appearing in another post-Obama-era scandal involving an Obama-era scandal, and she <laughs> seems to never go away. Again? <laughs> Interesting. Uh, uh, believe it or not, Joe. <laughs> yeah. And it's fascinating how when Obama had the opportunity to describe what Catherine Rumler's specialty was, He said something very interesting. So let's lay out first how Obama's White House counsel, uh, Catherine Rumler's White House lawyer, has been intimately involved in all of his nonsense and how she's covering something else. Let's check out this first story here. So remember that the Secret Service scandal? Listen, it's in my first book if you want to read it, Life Inside the Bubble, where I address some of that stuff. But yeah. here's a story by Sidney Powell, who I, ironically is Mike Flynn's lawyer now because she understands, she knows all this stuff. She wrote a book on it, actually. Sex lies in the White House counsel. Rumler blunders into Secret Service mess. So Catherine Rumler, Obama's lawyer, for those of you who don't remember, there was some Secret Service uh, folks in Columbia involved in this mess. It was something I knew a lot about. Again, it's in my book if you want to hear about it. But in that mess, there were allegedly some White House staffers involved as well, and Catherine Rumler was involved in making this whole thing kind of according to some reporting at the time. Hmm. She seems to know where a lot of the bodies are buried. Fascinating, because Obama described her in a very interesting way. Here's a New York Times article from a while back where Obama talks about how this relatively obscure attorney propelled herself into being the one of the top advisors to Barack Obama and kind of like running interference for all of his scandals. Uh, this is the article. Departing White House counsel held powerful sway. Powerful sway. Huh. 
Why did she hold powerful sway in the White House? Let's see how Obama described her. Maybe it'll make a lot of sense how Rumler, the fixer, described often as Obama's fixer, keeps appearing everywhere. Quote, Barack Obama, Kathy has become one of my most trusted advisors over the past few years. I deeply value her smarts, her judgment, and her wit. Ah, listen to this. Listen to this, beauty. But most importantly, her uncanny ability to see around corners nobody else anticipates. Wow, is that going to come back to haunt Barack Obama? So she has an uncanny ability like the X-Men to peer around corners and sense what's coming before it's coming? Hmm, convenient. She's always running interference for Barack Obama on a lot of these scandals. Wow, and how she keeps appearing now. Let's go to another one here. Let's go to this other screenshot from the New York Times where we see how she's been involved in another of other scandals as well. And she seems to be obsessed with executive privilege and keeping Obama's secrets really, really secret. We better bury them six feet deep, kind of like uh, shallow Cuban graves. Quote, and Miss Rumler took a hard line in internal debates about keeping executive branch documents secret. Like memos from the Justice Department's Office of Legal Counsel sought by Congressional Oversight or the Freedom of Information Act lawsuits. Her arguments that disclosing them would chill candid advice to the president have contributed to Mr. Obama's transition from promising greater transparency to being criticized even by his own allies for excessive secrecy. So, according to Barack Obama, his fixer, Catherine Rumla, has an uncanny ability to see what's going to come out of Barack Obama from around the corner. And she seems obsessed with executive secrecy. Mr. Obama, we need to keep all of this quiet. Gee, what are they keeping quiet? Look where Rumbler shows up again, even after she leaves the Obama White House, because the Obama White House is no longer the White House because President Trump leads, uh, wins the election. Catherine Rumler resurfaces again. Check this Politico piece out. Isn't this weird? The fixer is back. Always. She never goes away. Lawyer for Susan Rice. Obama administration is justifiably concerned about sharing intelligence with the Trump team. (laughs) Who was that lawyer? Crazy. Catherine Rumler. What are the chances of that? Wow. The Obama fixer is representing Susan Rice, who remembers Susan Rice, who wrote the email right before Trump was to come into the White House, taking over for Barack Obama, that don't worry with the Spygate thing, we did everything by the book. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Remember the the, uh, National Security Advisor at the time in the Obama White House was very concerned with sharing intelligence with the incoming president? Remember that? Well, Susan Rice had to go hire a lawyer. And who better to hire than the Obama fixer who sees around corners and has expertise in keeping a lot of things secret? Folks, the subject of my third book on this topic, everybody knows each other and everybody has something to hide. And who better to hire for all of these scandals? Benghazi, the AP phone records, the Secret Service scandal, Spygate, oh, and more coming up than an expert in seeing around corners and making sure everything's go, everything goes away under a blanket of executive privilege. She's at the center of all of this stuff. Oh, it gets better. You remember this doozy, George Nader? Remember Nader? Yeah, Nader? Yes. Remember the name? Mr. Nader. Nader. Yeah. Where do I remember that name? George Nader. Oh, George Nader. Yeah. You mean the guy 
that set up the meeting with a Trump associate in the Seychelles that I believe was a setup with the Russians to advance the Russian collusion narrative. That guy? Yeah, that guy. Mm -hmm. George Nader, for those of you who don't remember, according to multiple reports, is the guy, he sets up a meeting with Eric Prince, who's in a de facto associate of Trump because his sister is Betsy DeVos, Trump's education secretary. So just to be clear, a guy believed to be in the Trump orbit, Eric Prince, is approached by this guy, George Nader, about meeting with a Russian in the Seychelles. Conveniently, around the time, the Democrats are trying to advance the narrative that the Russians are colluding with the Trump team. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe this was a setup the whole time. I've talked about this repeatedly. But the guy who sets up the meeting with the Russian, I believe is part of an elaborate setup here. George Nader, conveniently, as we can see by this piece, is represented by who? No way. After long delays, a piece of American greatness by Deborah Hine. Be in the show notes today, Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want us to email you the show notes every day. After long delay, a key witness in the Mueller probe was arrested on child porn charges. Who was that? Crazy, but it was George Nader. Look at this yeah. piece. George Nader, 60, was arrested Monday morning at JFK Airport, according to federal prosecutors in the Eastern District of Virginia. Nader was involved in several key meetings at the center of Bob Mueller's report. He shows up more, more than 100 times in the Mueller report. Throughout the investigation, Nader was represented by, come on, come on now, guy, was represented by Catherine Rumler, Obama's longtime White House counsel and fixer, who sees around corners and is really good <laughs> at burying things under yeah. mounds of executive privilege. So the guy who sets up a meeting with a Trump associate, loose associate, by the way, at best, with a Russian, as the Democrats are trying to advance a false narrative, the Trump team is colluding with the Russians, later becomes a, an informant for Mueller, is arrested on child porn charges, and his lawyer, who magically shows up, Joe, of all the lawyers in a country of 350 million people, and a world measured in the billions, of all the lawyers who show up, magically the same lawyer involved in covering up the Secret Service scandal and covering up the AP phone record scandal and covering up Benghazi, involved in the IRS scandal, involved in the uh, Susan Rice scandal, magically shows up to make sure Nader gets the best legal counsel possible. Wouldn't want him really talking about what he knows now, would we? Mm -mm. No. You may say, all right, so she's involved with Nader, Susan Rice, the AP, uh, Benghazi, the Secret Service thing. Yeah. My gosh, what else could possibly go wrong? Here's a crazy piece from the Washington Post. This is just nuts how, again, Rumler seems to find her way into all of this. White House counsel Kathy Rumler, from outsider to protective of the presidency, to protector of the presidency, excuse me, Washington Post. Look at this little snippet from this piece, how Rumler magically appears again in the middle of another scandal. Quote, her role has made her office the focus of controversy in recent weeks over the White House's handling of three incidents. She's involved in, this is amazing. The IRS targeting conservative groups, the Obama administration's response to Benghazi, and the DOJ's seizure of journalist phone records and leak investigations. It was Rumler's decision, for example, not to tell Obama about the findings of the IG audit of the IRS and to resist congressional demands to release drafts of talking points on last fall's Benghazi attack on the grounds it would violate executive privilege. <laughs> 
Okay, I think we've adequately set up the fact that Obama's fixer is the center focus point of just about everything. Now, did you have that? You have the background. <laughs> Where is she reappearing again? Because as we said in the opening of the show, the fixer is back. Hat tip to at John W. Huber on Twitter, Undercover Huber, one of the finest accounts on Twitter. Always digs through and deep dives into the legal analysis. Look at this little gem he found. So before we put that up there, well, it's up there. Here we go right away. Look at this. This is a legal document showing representation by Latham and Watkins. And who's back? Catherine Rumler again. Whoa. Well, what's she back doing? She's defending someone. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's defending the DNC against a lawsuit by Carter Page, who was illegally spied on by the FBI as a conduit to spy on the Trump campaign when he was a foreign policy advisor there. Magically, Obama's White House counsel in a country of 300 plus million people of all the lawyers out there. Catherine Rumler, who's defending Susan Rice in knee deep in Spygate, who's defending George Nader, key witness in Spygate, later arrested on child porn charges, also shows up to defend the DNC, who Carter Page is suing for being involved in Spygate. Ladies and gentlemen, Obama didn't know anything about this. Don't you worry. His White House attorney, who's known as his fixer, who's involved in all of his scandals. Mm -hmm is knee-deep in all of that stuff. Don't worry about it. Obama doesn't know anything about anything. She just magically keeps showing up by chance. Okay. (laughs) That's the only response. There's no other response to this. This is what, I mean, the suspension of disbelief you need here to believe that this this is all fake, it's all nonsense, it's all a coincidence all the time. It's just stunning. I mean, in my book, we're writing now. I cover how everybody in the Ukraine scandal knows each other. Names creep up in the Ukraine scandal that creep up in the Spygate scandal. Key figures in the Obama administration deemed by the Washington Post protectors of the Obama presidency. Not my words, theirs. Magically shows up every time a Spygate figure surfaces. So Susan Rice, who's caught dead to rights in this email she writes. We were told to do everything by the book. An email, obviously, obviously meant to cover her role in spy. Nobody says they do things by the book if you're doing things by the book. You don't send an email to yourself. Awfully convenient that she could talk and spill the beans on the Obama administration. And who shows up to represent her as this white knight? Obama's former White House counsel. George Nader, who I believe was involved in an elaborate setup of Trump team people to foster the collusion narrative. He could start talking too. Who shows up again? Obama's fixer. It's his lawyer. Carter Page, who was illegally spied on by the DNC and others who, who, who helped foster this effort using the FBI. The DNC played a key role in the FBI spying operation through people there who were dealing with people at the FBI, Sussman, Baker, and others. They could start talking, too, and give up the beans on what Obama did. Who shows up to save the day again? Obama's lawyer. Again. The fixer is back. Now, here's one more gem. Because remember, the premise of this entire three weeks of shows 
has been damning. They all know each other, these conspirators, and they're all hiding something. You may say, is Rumler hiding anything herself or is she just hiding Obama's stuff as the protector of the presidency, as the Washington Post called it? Rumler's ties herself are suspicious. Look at this piece in Reuters. This is from a while ago, but it resurfaces yet again. Mueller team lawyer brings witness flipping expertise to Trump probes. This is an article from Reuters about dreadful lawyer Andy Weissman, who was Mueller's chief lieutenant in the hoax probe into collusion. You know the Mueller probe. He picks Andy Weissman. In my opinion, one of the worst attorneys in America. Totally screwed up the Enron case. The guy's been a disaster. But Weissman has a reputation for being quite an awful person and for witness flipping, pressuring people into testifying to things. As someone once said, to composing things, oh, if you know what I mean. Yeah. That's Weissman's reputation. Now, you may say there's no way Rumler's involved with him, too. Let's go to the Reuters piece because you'd be wrong again. Catherine Rumler, who served as White House counsel under Barack Obama, this is her take on Andy Weissman, who just blew the Mueller probe and blew the Enron probe. Said Weissman is willing to take risks to secure witness testimony. Gee, you think that other prosecutors might not? Come on, this can't be true. Am I reading this right off the YouTube screen? Paula, did you manipulate this? Hmm. No, she's shaking her head. She did not. This is an actual quote from Reuters. Catherine Rumler worked with Weissman on the Justice Department's Enron Task Force that investigated the massive corporate fraud that led to the company's 2001 collapse. And may I add, was widely criticized for entirely destroying the case and any of the case's credibility. Oh, Rumler knows Weissman? Oh, they worked together on that Enron disaster case? Did she have anything to do at all with putting a bird in people's ear and getting Weissman, who we know hated Trump because we have his emails where he talks about his disdain for Trump? We also know Weissman knew as early as August of 2016 that the dossier was a political document. Did Rumler Obama's fixer have anything to do? Did she drop a bird in anybody's ear about getting Weissman appointed to the Mueller probe, ensuring that the chief lieutenant under Mueller was going to be a maximum anti-Trump lunatic who would do anything he could to flip witnesses to testify against Trump for a crime that never happened? Simply amazing how Rumler's name, the Obama fixer, keeps appearing, and yet the left, again, entirely unconcerned with their own dignity, the truth, or actual journalism, seems totally unprepared to address the question of how it is that every single person in the Mueller, not every single person, I want to be precise, I don't want to do what the left is. Large majorities of people who appear in Ukraine gate, impeachment gate, spy gate, Mueller gate, secret service gate, IRS gate, AP gate, Nader gate, IRS gate, Benghazi gate, I think I said the IRS twice, AP phone records gate, that all of these people keep up Enron gate in the same circle of friends. Are you not even mildly perturbed that they know each other and they're all hiding things? Of course you're not. Because you're morons in the media. You are. You're a disgrace. I'll get to another media lunatic later, too. All right. My final sponsor of the day before I got, I got another important story. Again, how just the Spygate thing has gone off the rails now completely. John Solomon, huge story last night. Very, very important development. Something I've been telling you about for a very long time. 
Folks, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Raycon. I love, 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 love these earbuds. They are wireless. Here's mine. This is my pair right here. Love them. Look at them. One, they're good to look at, but the fit is amazing. The sound is second to none. And the price, you're not going to find a better price out there. Raycon. Love my Raycon earbuds. If you see me on a plane, you'll notice I always have them in. Love the charge goes on forever. I love them. Look around you. It's a wireless world. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. Raycon. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds. They start about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. Frankly, you're overpaying if you're getting other ones, folks. I'm sorry. And they sound amazing. Amazing. Raycon's latest model, the E25, is their best one yet with six hours of playtime. Seamless Bluetooth pairing. It's unbelievably easy. Incredibly easy. More bass and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, and they are perfect for on-the-go listening and taking phone calls. I use them all day. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet. No dangling wires, no stems. You've heard me talk about uh, about them before. Uh, A lot of the celebrities out there are obsessed with Raycon. Pick up a pair, and you'll see what this hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buy. Raycon.com slash Bongino. That's B-U-Y, Ray, R-A-Y, con C-O-N dot com. Buyraycon.com slash Bongino. Buyraycon.com slash Bongino for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Bongino. Thanks for joining us on the show, Raycon. We really appreciate it. These are really terrific earbuds. I recommend them. Okay. So getting back to this, this is another John Solomon who has been under ruthless, relentless attack from... Uh, Hacks at the media like Bob Cusack's The Hill, who I'm so disappointed in. I knew Bob and others. Uh, they're terrified because Bob uh, John Solomon has uh, exposed the truth about Ukraine, Spygate, and other things. So Solomon started his own website. Uh, was it Just the News? What was it Paul? JustTheNews.com. It's pretty good. And I've been looking at it. I like to use this stuff. And Lee Smith, the great Lee Smith, um, author of a terrific book on Spygate, has a piece up. That, again, you will not hear about in the mainstream media. You may have heard about on the Hannity show last night, but you will not hear it in the mainstream media because the mainstream media is not interested in the truth. But trust me when I tell you, it is an enormous development. Folks, put up the piece first, and I'll get to a screenshot from it in a moment. I, ju- I want you to read it. It's in the show notes again at Bongino.com. Subscribe to the newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. We'll send it right to you. This is Lee Smith at JustTheNews.com. Declassified FBI memos undercut Mueller team claims that Papadopoulos hindered Russia probe. Listen, the title's overly complicated. I just want to get to the point on this. The entire Spygate case, ladies and gentlemen, revolves around one person. And that person, the the fake Spygate case, not the real, the the entire Spygate case revolves around the FBI and the CIA's desire to spy on Donald Trump. That's that simple. The fake story we've been told it all started because of George Papadopoulos and a tip we got from the Australians, a friendly foreign government. That's a nonsense story. You, if, if you are sane, you'll disregard immediately. It is garbage. This case was started because of a fake dossier because they want to spy on Trump, period, full stop. The cover story has always been George Papadopoulos. So to walk you back quickly, for those of you unfamiliar with the various iterations of this, George Papadopoulos was a low-level Trump advisor he meets with this Maltese academic, Joseph Mifsud. It's alleged Mifsud tells him the Russians have Hillary's emails. Papadopoulos passes that information later on, uh, again, allegedly to an Australian diplomat who passes it on to the FBI. The FBI swears that's why they started investigating Donald Trump. It's a false BS story. 
ladies and gentlemen, why isn't it a BS story? Because it revolves around the fact that the, or the non-fact that the FBI has continued, some people within the FBI, notably uh, Jim Comey, have continued to insist that Joseph Mifsud was a Russian agent passing information to Papadopoulos that he later passed on to a friendly government, which he gave to us as a tip. Everybody dig? Mm-hmm. That is crap. I have told you forever, Mifsud is not a Russian agent. Mm-hmm. He may have Russian connections. Joseph Mifsud is not a Russian agent. I'm telling you, Mifsud, it was a setup. He was not an FBI source or an FBI asset, Ms. Sud. He was a Western intelligence asset who was being used by people, I have no doubt, like the, I believe, the Eric Prince thing we were discussing Nader before. Russians were being sent or people associated with Russians into the Trump orbit to make it look more likely that the fake Russian collusion narrative was real. It's that simple. Right. I believe this was the sole purpose of Mifsud. Now, when the FBI arrests George Papadopoulos in 2017 and prosecutes him pursuant to the Mueller probe, the Mueller probe, the documents, we now have it on paper. Follow me because this is devastating malfeasance. The Mueller probe is very specific in the Mueller report that one of the reasons they pursued Papadopoulos and arrested him is because Papadopoulos lied in his interview about Joseph Mifsud and made it more difficult, Joe, for us to go track this alleged Russian agent Mifsud down. Mm -hmm. Everybody dig? Follow me here. This is a major drop. Bob Mueller and Andy Weissman Yes, who knows Catherine Rumler, Obama's fixer, very well. Made the case that George Papadopoulos should be arrested and prosecuted because Papadopoulos lied about his contacts with Mifsud, who was a Russian agent. He wasn't. And it made us re made it really difficult for us to go track him down. You did? That's in the Mueller report. Wow, well, look what surfaces. FBI 302s, meaning summaries of their interviews with George Papadopoulos. But that's not what George Papadopoulos told the FBI. As Solomon puts in his piece, this is worth your time to read in full, by the way, folks. Just the news.com. Check it out. The newly unearthed, however, FBI memos paint a far different picture. They show, for example, that Papadopoulos expressed his willingness to participate, participate actively in helping the FBI locate Mifsud personally, even before February 10th, 2017. In a February 1st interview, for instance, Papadopoulos is quoted as telling agents he could potentially meet with Mifsud during a planned trip to London. Shockingly, Joe, this offer was never mentioned in the two court documents filed by Aaron Zielinski, Jeannie Ree, and Goldstein from the Mueller probe. You're kidding. In the same interview, Papadopoulos told the FBI that Mifsud, quote, had recently reached out to him and indicated he may be traveling to Washington, D.C. in February of 2017. Gosh, what are the chances of that? That Papadopoulos, in contrast to the FBI Bob Mueller probe, completely false fake narrative. This was sworn under oath. Uh Devin Nunes says they're looking into criminal charges. Yes, yes, against the people who swore to this. You're suggesting, and you suggest an under oath, and in an official document, the Mueller report, that Papadopoulos obstructed your investigation into a Russian agent who was not a Russian agent who was involved in the setup. 
But that's not what Papadopoulos told you. Matter of fact, not only did he not say that, he said the opposite, that he was willing to help you. And that's conveniently left out of the documents. Signed by who? Oh, signed by Aaron Zelinsky and Jeannie Ree, both Clinton acolytes, by the way. And Zelinsky, who conveniently is also the assistant United States attorney on the Roger Stone case, who recommended nine years for Roger Stone in a ridiculous sentencing recommendation and then resigned in a hissy fit, infantile temper tantrum from the case when he found out that Bill Barr and the insane Justice Department would not cooperate with imprisoning a man for the rest of his adult life over a process charge. That's the same prosecutor who is involved in the prosecution of Papadopoulos for obstructing an investigation into Masood that he not only didn't obstruct, but according to the FBI's own 302s, volunteered to help on. Did you hear about that in the mainstream media lesson? No, no, you missed that. Hmm. Yeah, the Constitutional Republic, man, it's alive and well. Folks, I love this country to death. I mean, literally to death. Like, I would die for it in a heartbeat. I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love this place. I love everything we stand for. You know, I never forget every event I'm at. Paul and I are there. We give a speech or whatever. And they open up with a Pledge of Allegiance and our national anthem. My hand's over my heart. And I got to tell you, every time I hear that national anthem, I always get a little choked up every single time. That's a fact. I know a lot of you feel the same way. We are falling apart. We are falling apart. This country is being shredded by liberal lunatics, their media ass kissers, a bunch of police state tyrants, a bunch of never Trump zeros who do not see the forest for the trees. We are falling apart. You had an innocent man now prosecuted, Papadopoulos, for no good functional reason whatsoever. We have an Obama fixer appearing in every major scandal, seems to insert herself in the middle every time we get a witness who could help us in the Spygate case. Susan Rice, who could potentially flip. George Nader, who could give us some information on why this meeting really happened. Carter Page now comes forward, sues the DNC, who may have some information on how the Spygate thing started. And Obama's fixer magically appears and the media is utterly silent. We have a major revelation that the FBI may have lied and Bob Mueller's investigators may have lied about the prosecuting of an innocent man on allegations he obstructed an investigation. He told the FBI in a written document he's willing to help on their written 302s. And nobody says a word. If you're missing my show and others out there, Solomon's website, the reporting of uh, Molly Hemingway and Chuck Ross and others, you're missing the whole story. You're watching in live time. I want you to understand this. The collapse of the Republic. You are watching in live time. Thanks to the police state, tyrannical, socialism supporting liberal left. And their surgically attached lips to the caboose media. It's gross. It's gross. It's really disgusting. Talking about the media. Checking on the time there. We're under, again, attack by the same discredited hacks all the time. These are not serious people. They're morons. They're level one, grade A morons. Here's a tweet from the disgraced, how she has a job still is unfathomable, uh, Maggie Haberman. And I do mean disgraced. This woman has been exposed repeatedly 
as a collusion hoaxer and a tool for the left. I'll read the quote in a minute. But here she goes again. Now, this piece of hers is a year old, but she has been pursuing Ginny Thomas, Clarence Thomas's uh, uh, wife and a friend of mine. Um, she's, a, again, in her own right, is, a, is an enormous activist for the conservative cause and has been a big influence in the lives of many conservative activists. She continues to go after people, Maggie Haberman. It's a tweet from today, but she highlights an article from a year ago she wrote showing you how long she's been fascinated with her. She writes, Ginny Thomas's efforts to try and impact personnel in the administration have long troubled some in the White House. Only the swamp rats, folks, who thought it raised questions that the wife of a sitting Supreme Court justice was making such requests. Here's her article that she wrote last year showing Haberman has been obsessed with Ginny Thomas. I addressed this yesterday. Why? Because the story involves me. I know Ginny. Ginny is a friend. I was never offered any of these jobs by the White House, ladies and gentlemen. It is a non-story. The fact that a friend of mine in the conservative movement who knows my resume and background would be interested in recommending to the White House people who may support the president's agenda is not a story. It is only a story in the Trump era. Why? Why is noted Russian collusion hoaxer and Democrat tool fully discredited Maggie Haberman, not even worth the blog paper she writes on. Her reporting is garbage every time. Why is she obsessed with this? Because Maggie Haberman was part of the collusion hoax. As we get to the bottom of Spygate and the collusion hoax, people like Maggie Haberman, exchanges with her and elsewhere, will likely become public, showing you what? That, to quote John Podesta, I'm quoting John Podesta. You mean Clinton butt kisser, yeah. John Podesta? Yes. Remember John Podesta's yeah. emails that came out? Let me read to you a John Podesta email about noted Democrat tool, collusion hoaxer, and full-time hack Maggie Haberman. Democrat, John Podesta. Quote, we have a very good relationship with Maggie Haberman, a Politico, where she was at the time, over the last year. We have had her tee up stories for us, and we've never been disappointed. Now do you see why Maggie Haberman is obsessed with people like me and Ginny Thomas and others who have been calling out Maggie Haberman for her role in actively promoting the biggest scandal in U.S. history, the collusion hoax and the predicate Spygate investigation that went into it? Do you understand why she's desperate to discredit us now? Do you think it's, I've never met Maggie Haberman? I don't want to meet Maggie Haberman. This isn't personal. It's not. It may sound it. And yes, I will take personal jibs. I don't know her. She is obsessed with me and Ginny Thomas and other conservatives like Tom Fitton as well. Why? Because folks, if you go back and read my book, Spygate, Exonerated, a book I'm writing now, they are extensively footnoted about the symbiotic relationship between collusion hoaxers, police staters, the Mueller probe, Democrats, and people in the fake media like Maggie Haberman. They can't have that story come out. And when it did, they're desperate to discredit us as conspiracy theorists because they don't want their own malfeasance exposed. It is no more difficult than that to understand. I think the best way to describe it, before I move on, because I have one final story. A lot of you were sending me emails about this yesterday. There's a reason I held on it. It is a race. It is a race to try to deplete the political capital bank accounts of people who are truth tellers. 
It's a race. The media folks out there, the Maggie Habermans, the Washington Post staff, the Adam Goldmans, the other people out there who have been ongoing advancers of the fake hoaxes and the anti-Trump nonsense, they are going to continue to pile on these negative stories, which are non-stories. Dan Bongino was recommended for a position at the White House. Why is that a story? I don't understand. That I was never contacted for, ever. It's a story because she's trying to tell a narrative that we're all crazy, conspiracy theory nuts, even though we got to the truth. And any vehicle she can use to tell that story, she will bring out. Because we expose her, a fraud, a phony, who tees up stories for the Democrats and she's never disappointed them. Why would she? Why would she disappoint them? She loves them. All right, here's the last story of the day, what I've been kind of hinting around. Uh, This is a sad story, folks. Now, uh, disclosure, I know this man well, but uh, a friend, Phil Haney, died over the past few days. Now, I have a story up at the Washington Examiner today, which I'll put in the show notes. Phil Haney was a good friend of mine. Phil Haney was a whistleblower for the DHS who was deeply concerned about the country and our methods for combating terrorism. He exposed a lot of DHS malfeasance and efforts to wipe the terrorism manuals clean of any references to genuine threats. He had done that repeatedly. Haney was found dead with a gunshot wound. Now, I waited to talk about it because we don't have all of the facts yet, and it'd be irresponsible to speculate, especially given the tragic nature of the circumstances. But what's not speculation, and if you want to read the story in the show notes, you're welcome. It has not been determined a suicide yet. It has not been determined a suicide yet. I'm only relaying to you the facts of the situation according to the law enforcement professionals that showed up on the scene who I have no reason to doubt. Maybe, if it is, we'll update those events. But the circumstances of his death are very suspicious. I knew Phil. I corresponded with Phil. Phil was very concerned about John Brennan's role in Spygate. I have a series of emails on it from Phil. He was very concerned about the DHS's efforts. Brennan as well, while he was in the counterterrorism uh, division, coordination center over there, to scrub any reference to Islamism in the terrorism fight. He was very concerned about that. His circum- the circumstances of his death are very suspicious. And in my communications with Phil, I'm not psychoanalyzing. I knew him well, but not as well as some others. Phil was never depressed. Phil never talked about this. Phil did not appear in any way suicidal at all. I waited only to be responsible. I don't mean to let you all down. I like to get the news out ahead of time, but he was a friend and it would be grossly irresponsible to put the story out without at least some some file of facts to be able to relay. I will update you on that. I'm on it. I got your emails. I promise you, when I hear something, whether it's from sources or otherwise, I will let you know. But it is extremely suspicious that a noted public profile DHS whistleblower in the terrorism fight showed up with a gunshot wound under highly suspicious circumstances. And it has not been ruled the suicide. I don't care what anybody tells you. If it is, I'll update the story. You can read that. And again, the piece of the show notes today. 
right, folks. Sorry to leave you on that dour note, uh, but the, you know it's an important story. I had to get out there. Thanks for listening. I hope you subscribe to our show, youtube.com slash Bongino. And again, I hope to see you at CPAC. Regular show tomorrow, Thursday. It'll all be out regular time. Don't worry about that, but you'll see us there. We'll be doing video from there. And if you're at the event, please, again, come by and say hello. We pride ourselves on uh, on being really friendly and open with the audience. We'll have some giveaways there, and uh, we'd really appreciate you coming by. We'd, we'd love to see you. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.